I think they just appreciate that you're being honest with it. And you're saying, I don't care. And there's something punk rock. This is my mom to the left of me. This is me with no guitars. One electric guitarist over here. Listen to us. <laughs> Welcome to the Shellcats, a show about music, culture, and Memphis. As we live into our mission of building community through music, education, and diversity, we look forward to interviewing artists and musicians and hearing about how they are writing their own stories, and building their own communities. 85 years strong and with a rich history, the Levitt Shell has stood the test of time as a beacon of hope in the heart of Memphis. I can actually do that with This podcast is brought to you by Orion Federal Credit Union, where a big part of us is being a big part of the community. Visit orionfcu.com to see how Orion is redefining banking. Hi, and welcome to the Shellcast, Episode 9. Madison Ward and Mama Bear have given two fantastic shows at the Levitt Shell, We had a chance to talk to Madison, and among other things, he talked about some tough love from Mama Bear and how it made him a better songwriter, and of course, a better person. Thanks for joining us today. Let's join Madison Ward on the Shellcast. You're actually in a class of artists that I, I, my heart really goes out to in regards to the pandemic. Uh, You and Mama put your second album out, I believe, in September of 2019, called It Started With a Family didn't really get a chance to promote that or or tour to support that as much as you normally would have. Once all this is said and done, what will you be able to do to get that momentum back? Oh, it'll be whenever this is said and done, you know, whenever that is, who's even to say at this point. I just think, you know, much like the rest of the world, we're just in a state of uh, the perpetual unknown. We have no idea what's coming our way and what the other side of this will look like and what performance will look like, what touring looks like for musicians. And uh, so we don't have a lot of expectations. We sort of just, I mean, whether we want to work on new music uh, altogether, or whether we want to try to, you know, go out and perform just mostly that duo record. And it's definitely, uh, it's not something we can we can really anticipate what's uh, going to come next, but we were, I think our biggest thing is just trying to create. However, I also do a lot of creating just as a, you know, just by myself, you know, and, and my mom, you know, she's always been a huge supporter of that as a band and as a, in, in make in, you know, making my own stuff as well. And just trying to uh, keep your mind sharp, I guess, you know, so we're not sure what, what it'll look like, Maybe it's a whole new record. Maybe it's I don't I don't I have no idea. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had. Man, it is so crazy out there. It truly is. We're all going to be playing this. Pardoning the pun, playing by ear, I guess. So. Yes, p- pardon the pun. And uh, wait, wait, what is wait? What is the pun there? Oh, musician. Playing it by ear. <laughs> <laughs> We're all playing it by ear, and uh, you know, it's uh, there's something that's interesting about everybody is is terrible or as uh you know sobering as all this can be there's something about everyone experiencing it together and being on the same train ride that makes it more bearable that's been something that's that i really at least been able to appreciate during this time is that everyone's having to find ways to get creative and find ways to survive, you know, and just sort of, uh, and just sort of, uh, make do with what you got. Have you been doing a lot of writing 
during the downtime? Oh, yeah. Writing all the time. There's been sort of like this, it, it like almost like a I, maybe a rediscovery or during this time has been real reminiscent, in my opinion, to what it was like in the real early days of, of being a songwriter and musician and just and trying to uh, just throw stuff at the wall and, you know, coop up and hold up uh, a, like alone and really just, just do a lot of like introspection and all that and try to, you know, just try to make sounds however you can and sort of just kind of go, just kind of go crazy and uh, lose your mind a little bit in isolation. Yeah. And I'm, I love that kind of stuff. So like during this time, I, I've been writing like like a madman and whether or not any of it's good, I have no idea. I feel like I'm going to come out of the end of this and I'm going to have a giant beard and, and uh, I'm like, I'm playing people. I hope I'm like a, you know, uh, like the Beach Boys or something like where where he goes, like Brian Wilson, just throwing everything at the wall. And is, is this music? I don't know. What kind of a vetting process will you use when all this is said and done? Are you and Mama going to work on stuff together? Or are you just going to maybe go back and listen to what you wrote and say, ooh, that's pretty good? Or, boy, what the heck was I thinking that day? Or <laughs> Oh, man, I have, I have no idea. You know, I've, I've been playing the stuff I've been writing, and my mom's really been into it. She hasn't really been playing on it with me. She's just kind of like, oh, I like that one. And, you know, <laughs> just, you know, we'll, we'll go and we'll practice. And, you know, we, we try to, every once in a while we'll get together and we'll practice, you know, pretty, pretty distance and all that. But uh, I've been just writing a lot. And if she likes it, you know, it's, it's always been really cool. And she's, she's a big part of that vetting process. I think it's because my, my mom, she, she was, she will always shoot me straight. I don't know how it is with, I mean, I'm sure she shoots everybody straight, but when, when it comes to writing music and it comes to what she likes, I will always know whether or not she's actually into it. And she's not going to, she's not going to try to protect my feelings and tell me that she's enjoying something that she's not. So she'll be like, Hey, you got to work on that one. And even if I disagree with her, I know that she would have liked it if she had if if the if the response was there the song would have been good enough something like that's a real blessing to be able to have that in your life yeah you know i just i think it's, it it could just be because of family and it could just be you know family is, is they're going to shoot you straight a lot more often you you would hope i mean i like to try to surround myself i guess with people who are going to shoot me straight and tell me the truth you know I, I would think the really nice side of that is when she says something is good or she likes it, you know it's coming from the heart and you know she means it. Yeah, exactly. And whenever she doesn't, she's not she's not aggressive in her critique or anything. She'll just she, Oh, I can't imagine that at all. Your mom is such a sweetheart. Oh yeah, she's a she's a sweetheart, but uh I mean we can definitely butt heads and <laughs> we can we can definitely butt heads and give each other a hard time and uh but she if she's not liking it, she's like, eh she it's kind of like she'll she's like, eh, not sure if it's doing it for me. And I'm just like, ah, man. And it's almost childlike. It's almost childlike in the way where like if a kid likes something, they're going to be honest about it and just get up and dance to it or whatever. Sure. But uh, reading uh, reading over your bio, there were a couple things in particular I found really fascinating. I'd love to talk to you about um, right off the bat. It said you learned guitar on electric guitar but move to acoustic because you found electric guitar limiting to your writing. That's kind of the opposite of the way an awful lot of people go. Tell me why that is. Well, you know, you always had to be plugged in. <laughs> okay. That's fair. With the, with an acoustic, you can take it wherever you want. 
I think it was just the type of music I was writing was this very, you know, makeshifty sort of folky uh, singer songwriter type music. And uh, I felt with uh, the electric, it stayed within a, there was a certain parameter that that instrument always stayed in. Obviously you can put effects on it, but in terms of trying to play more uh, unfiltered, like un, like untampered with music, the electric just, it, I, I couldn't do much with it. Yeah, that was like real early on. I think like in sixth grade, I used to have this black Washburn guitar and a in an old amp. I remember I would I would carry that around and I I it was nice and it was there was something fascinating about it. But uh, you know I couldn't you know just having to monitor everything through all that technology through the technology. I think it was I found that limiting. And if I could uh, take an acoustic and just walk around and be able to go outside and not have to worry about where I'm plugging this up at and play for anyone at any time. I think it, it it opened my particular style of writing. I think it opened my brain up. Would that be about the same time? It, it also said in the bio that uh, you were leaning more towards hip hop and R&B early on. Uh, Mom's influences were more very classic folk. Uh, it mentioned Peter, Paul and Mary, Simon and Garfunkel, stuff like that. Was moving to acoustic guitar a real impetus to you doing folkier type stuff? Most definitely, because the hip hop stuff that I was really into, that was uh, that was a little earlier. So that'd be more like first through fifth grade is like it was just nothing but hip hop nonstop, you know, and all the stuff that my mom and, and dad were listening to growing up. I appreciated it, but I was just, you know, you're evolving as a kid, you know. And so it was just all of this hip hop music and uh, new rappers were coming out all the time. And then my sister kind of started getting me back into sort of like more like rock and roll music and stuff that other genres that maybe I I think at that age, I was kind of writing it off as corny in a way. My sister really got heavily into rock and roll music. And I thought that was I was like, what is she doing? That's not where we're the hip hop kids. What is she doing? So I was like, once she started playing for me, like, you know, Elliot Smith and, you know, uh, some of the, like the White Stripes and just these real interesting characters, I was like, that was really, that was real interesting to me. But once I got the acoustic guitar and started messing around, I started realizing I was trying to play some of those songs, like the Elliot Smith songs, or uh, I don't know, maybe an old, you know, James Taylor song or something. And then I was like, and now I had a brand new appreciation for all this stuff that my parents were listening to growing up. I I really, I appreciated it on a whole new level. Now I understood Tom Waits. I understood what it took to make those songs and I had a full new respect and appreciation and, uh, and, and love for it. And, and now was my chance to be able to, to possibly now I can create and I can maybe add to this field of art. And it was just, there was something revelatory about it. It was like sky's sky's the limit, you know? Well, you've certainly enjoyed an awful lot of success with it. I mean, you've taken it and really, really run with it. So very, very worth admiring what you've accomplished. So thanks. Thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. I mean, we've, we've had the pleasure of having you on the stage twice at the show and both times those shows were just riveting. You guys are amazing on stage. Thank you so much. And I can't tell you how much I loved playing at the Shell and how much you guys take care of us, man. I mean, the the first time we found out we were going to play there again, I mean, we all got super excited. And there's something about 
even just the backstage area and the in the whole the whole entire venue as a whole just it you you can feel the history there and um we i just loved it and everybody's so professional and very kind and it's honest and genuine so we we couldn't appreciate you guys more it's it's awfully easy to do when you got such nice people like you guys to work with so <laughs> you have played everything from Bonnaroo and the Newport Folk Festival to uh, national TV shows. You've done coffee houses. You've done uh, medium-sized gigs like the Levitt Shell. Do you have to adjust your mindset or even your set in general for the different kinds of venues? I think so, a little bit. It, it, I mean, it depends uh, on on the place. You know, there are probably some bigger it depends on uh, the vibe of the event. There are some events that are real big, but you know that they want you to invite them in. Like the Newport Folk Festival, it's that's a real big event, but they yes, it is. you you can bring it down as little as possible. You could take the kind of things you would play in a coffee shop and play it at Newport. We also played once. We played at South by Southwest and. Uh, it was like a Pandora stage, and I think the Fugees had played, uh, or Wyclef played, sorry. Wyclef had played, and it was this real big thing, but the way South By presents itself, you know, you can bring it down as small and intimate as you as you want, and, and they, they're looking for artists to be is uh eclectic and unique and, and express themselves however. So you do something like that, and you feel very free to make the set however you feel fit and then you go to some other places and you're like okay we might need to bring this up or certain artists that you go support on the road where you're like this needs to be some sort of uh, a much more high energy show or play the kind of songs that they may be folky but they kind of appeal to maybe more like a blues rock art audience and sure and and play a little bit more of your bombastics music maybe your more spastic stuff mm -hmm. and that's another thing that i find really interesting too it's amazing how much people who are of that sort of rock and roll punk rock sort of mindset how much they appreciate even when some things are just so stripped down they appreciate the energy in the guts of saying I don't care. Give me one guitar and we're just going to go out and we're going to, we believe this and we hope that you guys will follow us. And they, they'll follow you. They're like, there, there's something punk rock about it, sure. you know? Yeah. Well, in so many ways, I mean, you're, you're, you're really laying yourself very, very bare in front of an audience when you're walking up there with a guitar and a couple of voices and saying, I really believe in what I'm singing here. Yeah, it's it's so vulnerable, you know, and it's uh, it's just walking into the lion's den and saying, I'm just going to stand here and do it. And I think people appreciate it, even if they even if you don't fully nail it, they appreciate the attempt and they appreciate that you were honest about it whenever you tried, whenever you gave it your all. You know, we were we were touring with a band, touring with a record record company for a while. And that's a, you know, high energy blues rock band. And we had um, about three dates where our drummer couldn't come out. And we were, and this was a full on, we, we were doing these high energy sort of shows to open up for an even more high energy blues rock act. And we were like, okay, this is, we got into a nice groove. And then suddenly our drummer couldn't come out for about three shows. And so my mom and I, we stripped it down to a trio, just her and I and um and uh, our electric guitarist 
and those were some of my favorite shows on the entire thing. <laughs> really? Was, wow. Yeah, like the crowd, they wanted this high energy stuff, but it was incredible how much they listened and just there was one song we did where it was just a cappella, just clapping and, and singing and not even uh you know, we didn't play anything. And they appreciate the fact that you're you they, I think they just appreciate that you're being honest with it and you're saying, I don't care and there's something punk rock. This is my mom to the left of me, this is me with no guitars, one electric guitarist over here. Listen to us. <laughs> But it's, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's for some reason, it's, I think there's something beautiful. I can see where that would be scary and also really, really satisfying all at the same time. Yeah, if you can pull it off, I think it's really satisfying. And I like whenever things are scary like that. I, from the very beginning, my mom and I, we were just a duo and we're not really, we're not really a big band act, but we've been able to add musicians over the years, which has been nice. But at the heart of what we've done, we know we are going in there, just the two of us. And we're both these self-taught sort of musicians who it's always throwing something at the wall. It's just always throwing something at the wall. Like hopefully this sticks and you do it enough to where you just don't care anymore. And people, I think, I don't know, for some reason, they're responsive to it. And so the scarier, maybe the better, like, if they don't get it, they don't get it, and we and we don't really care. <laughs> we just you just gotta we gotta just you have to do you have to be you and live your life, you know. Want to learn more about how you can support the Levitt Shell and its mission of building community through music, education, and diversity? Head to levittshell.org. You can read up on our 85-year history and check out our schedule of live and virtual events. Visit our shelf shop to grab all the swag and find out ways you can participate in our mission, whether that's through donations, volunteering, sponsoring a show, or becoming a member of our shell circle. Once again, that's levitshell.org. So do you have a, a sort of a standard creative process when you're creating new music? Or is it just kicking ideas around and let's see what works? And if something works a little bit, massage it. Uh, how, how do you get from an idea to something that's on a record or something I'm going to hear on stage? It's a it's a little bit of, of both. It's uh, it, There's definitely that sort of let's sit down and just start playing and whatever comes to us let's start recording it we do a lot of like phone recordings like my phone's probably tapped out with just how many phone recordings <laughs> o- over and over it's almost it's psychotic i feel like a like a new york journalist in the 80s just like talking into like a little recorder just always constantly pulling this recorder up to my face and going all right this idea and it's it's it's, it's just crazy but i'll do i'll do it that way and then Sometimes I'll have an idea and I'll just be writing it at home. And I like to try to get a fully realized song from front to back. And then I bring that over to my mom's house and I see what she thinks about it. And then, um, you know, sometimes there can be a song where she's like, ah, that's okay. And then I'm like, well, try singing on it first. And she'll start singing on it. And it becomes an entirely different song. And I'm like, it needed double vocals. It needed uh, harmony here. It needed another guitar amping this up it's the transformation from a song when it's just you to other musicians is astonishing that's got to be such a wonderful feeling because in essence you get to be the artist and the audience at the same time exactly and it also makes you have to realize to not throw out to really not throw out songs when if they're not clicking right away for you like 
once you see that transformation happen, you're like, I was almost going to throw this song out. I was almost going to do away with it. You know, there's a song on our first album that's called uh, A Whole Lot of Problems. And I, I wrote that song and I had been singing it. And I, I remember my mom and I, we played it for my brother and we played it early on. And I remember when I was done, I was like, eh, we should probably throw this song out, right? He said, no, 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 I think there's something there. He said, just keep going with it. And then sure enough, over the months, it ended up being one of our favorite songs to play. But I, I was so close to throwing that tune out. And I think him saying wow. that, made me go, oh, you have to realize these things, they take on a life of their own. And they, in that clay doesn't always look, it's not going to look like a Corvette. <laughs> it's going <laughs> it's an old, it's an old, it's an old jalopy that needs a little love. Man, that's uh, what an awesome way to work though. And what a great system you have around you where, uh, where you have people that can relate to you in that way and be that honest with you too. Yeah. You know, maybe that's, I mean, now I'm talking to you about it. That must just be a huge factor in the creation process that I've never even really thought about until maybe until just now, even just the amount of honesty in not trying to necessarily um, not trying to play to my feelings or what you feel I want to hear or whatever. That really helps in the creation process of uh, having to be honest with each other, you know, and in trusting that I'm not going to crumble if I hear something I don't want to hear. I would say as a fan and as somebody who's seen you perform a couple of times, it really comes across on stage well also. The honesty, the sincerity that you guys have in your music, that really does come across to an audience. So uh, it's done you a lot of good, I promise you. Thank you. So my, I, you know, I, I would attribute that to my parents, I think, you know, I think that's just, that's that, yeah, that's who those folks are. You know, the, the older I'm getting and going from just being a child to having the child parent dynamic and relationship and getting older and having an actual, you know, friendship um, with, with my father and my mother, realizing how honest these people are to their core and how refreshing that is whenever you measure it and you compare it against the world, you start to realize it's actually more rare than than it should be yeah i agree with you and it's it's wonderful that you can appreciate it as well yes the world is really going to be looking to people like you and mom and, and artists like yourself once all this passes music is healing i really think is going to be a very very important part of our lives have you thought mm. about that at all i have and i've thought about i mean it's healing now it's healing it was healing at the height of this at that, even when it back, whenever we didn't know, um, we didn't know if the world was going to end the next day. Like, I mean, the music, in my opinion, it's been healing through this whole time. I mean, I've been writing lots of music, but I've been, I've been writing these things called quarantunes that I've been posting, which are just ridiculous. It's nothing but me sitting with a guitar and, and writing, uh, you know, just all quarantine, silly, ridiculous humor. And, uh, but it became like the most cathartic thing and just, I, I, but people kept getting a lot out of it from what they were messaging me and in just sort of kind of just taking the piss out of uh, this really serious thing, not making light of it, but, but just not letting it control you. And I, I think there was a healing aspect. People need, you know, in human times, you just need this music and you need human, um, human means of connection. In, in, in some of the most human not it's some of the most human times and this is a time when we all look at each other it's the most humbling sobering moment where 
all of the chatter just goes away and we all go, you know, what's important in, I, I find myself doing that with everything. I look at a movie that I used to look at and go like, oh, that's stupid. And now I look at it and I'm like, ah, I can't believe somebody spent their life becoming talented enough to make that film. <laughs> you well, just have an appreciation for things. I understand completely. I've, uh, I've worked in the music business for a long, long time. I can tell you from my point of view, uh, folks that are making music and sharing music like what you're doing, that to me is a sense of normalcy in my life. And that's what I really need. I need a little bit of normal right now. You know, yeah. And when I got artists that I uh, that I admire and appreciate making music, that's normal. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, most definitely, I agree. It's just normal. You know, do you remember like whenever, in some of the the craziest moments of the pandemic, whenever like the first spikes and stuff were happening, you know, people were making all these videos of themselves performing like in their backyards, and you'd see like that video of like Paul Simon with a guitar in his backyard. Sure. I mean. That was, I mean, how how necessary and amazing was that? You know, when when you see that and uh, you realize there's all these Paul Simon records out. There's lots of people who probably love him to a point to where they don't they don't even really think about him anymore. And then you just see him with one guitar, and you're like, yeah. you know, how um, fortunate we all are to have that guy in the world and people like that who are willing to just share that with us is just um, exactly. yeah you exactly. just it's, it's newfound appreciations every day while we're on that topic and everything um your quarantunes where can people get a hold of those oh man it's just it, it's nothing more than uh social media stuff so it's all over instagram our our instagram it's all over facebook so if they go there it's little videos of just me in my house just going out of my mind and i'm and i'm just it's like pop culture references constantly it's just me it's, it's songs that i wrote in like 2 seconds but you know i had a lot of fun with it in our um our uh, our radio radio host here um he has a we have an alternative station here called 90.9 the bridge he he gathered up all the quarantunes and played them like on his hour of uh, <laughs> of hosting. How cool! Yeah, it was pretty. Oh, it was amazing. That is a lot of fun, Madison. I can't tell you anymore uh, how much we appreciate how good you've been to the shell. How much we appreciate how how good you've been to the music world and everything. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today. Oh, of course, and and thank you guys for being so supportive. And uh, you know, hopefully, whenever we you know get through stuff, we can get back out there on the road and hopefully get back to not even just the shell, but just that, that part of the country. It's a, it's a beautiful area. And um, I, I mean, I would love to be able to see y'all in person again. We'd love to be able to welcome you to our stage again. And, and uh, man, let's have a proper hug when all this is done. What do you say? Proper hug, man. It's going to be a five minute embrace. I don't care what anybody says. They're going to try to pry us apart. Care. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't care either. No embarrassment, no shame, my friend. No shame, baby. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thank you. Say hello at home for all of us, okay? Will do. You take care. Madison, thanks so much for joining us today on the Shellcast. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Madison and Mama, just go to madisonwardandthemamabear.com. If you'd like to help out the Levitt Shell, which we would greatly appreciate, check us out at levittshell.org slash virtualbucket. We promise every single dollar goes to putting free music on that lawn come this fall. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you soon.